This week, let's talk about becoming a thought leader and what it really means. My guest is Rachel Kinsella, and this is episode 271 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This podcast is all about keeping marketing simple and all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a professional speaker and consultant from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the complexity and the BS from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, as always, for downloading or streaming the show. You know, I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. Now, the Marketing and Finance Podcast is free to listen to. I've never charged for the show. But if you want to show your support for the show, if you like the Marketing and Finance Podcast, you can visit a website called Buy Me a Coffee forward slash Roger Edwards. That's Buy Me a Coffee forward slash Roger Edwards. And as it says, you can buy me a coffee. It's a great way to support the show, and any support is much appreciated. Now, I don't know about you, but the terms thought leader and thought leadership have always made me shudder a little bit. Perhaps they're just surrounded by too many cliched views. But undoubtedly, some companies have been very successful in establishing themselves as thought leaders. And as a result, it's increased brand awareness, it's increased their profile in their own industry, and led to growth and extra business. So I'm delighted that this week my guest is Rachel Kinsella, and she's going to tell us how to do thought leadership properly. No cliches or jargon, just great practical advice. So let's get straight into that interview with Rachel right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Rachel, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure, Rachel. Now, Rachel, you work for a company with the intriguing title of iResearch, and today we're going to talk about that company and and what you do there, but we're also going to talk about thought leadership. Now, before anybody starts rushing out, I know that sometimes the thought leadership moniker uh, tends to create images in people's minds of uh, management consultants and and BS and that sort of thing. But today we're actually going to put a lot of those perceptions and those cliches to one side, hopefully, and actually dig into what thought leadership actually is. But before we get into that, Rachel, please give the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast a little bit of background about yourself, where you came from, how your career developed, and, and basically what makes Rachel Kinsella tick. Wow. Okay. Well, um, I work for iResearch Services. We're a marketing and thought leadership agency. So geared up around helping clients to become thought leaders uh, in various different ways, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a a bit more detail. Um, I've specialised in financial and professional services uh, throughout my career from all angles, really, from uh, marketing and and business development to PR and uh, content marketing strategies. But the big theme that has always run throughout that that career has been thought leadership mm-hmm. in its various guises, whether that was working for an accountancy firm or a particular financial services company or within an industry body or membership organisation for people in those professions. Thought leadership has been a, a huge part of uh, what I've been doing. So as well as looking at things through a marketing and 
and sales and commercial lens. I'm always looking from an editorial and, and creative perspective as well, which I think is a very nice balance. Um, looking at creating content and, uh, and communications that really elevate brands and present the, the various experts who are working with clients as, as thought leaders. And you do quite a lot of um, content creation yourself, and you and indeed, indeed you have done over the last decade, haven't you? Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, it started out, I began my marketing career for um, a mid-sized accountancy firm who were known for their, their thinking and guidance on, on various in-depth topics, such as uh, financial regulation. And a big part of my remit working on the marketing team there was to, to create these materials that are really delving into the industry issues, finding solutions for clients, looking at the, the challenges and opportunities presented by financial regulation uh, in that particular instance. And it was in the format of, of publications that we, we used to send out to clients and potential clients uh, with our, our team's thinking uh, on these various topics, and then bringing in insights from other industry participants. So we would have a, a legal spotlight where we'd look at the legalities of, of ever-evolving regulation. We'd have uh, one of our financial services partners talking about uh, the accountancy and the business advisory aspects. Um, and then we'd have some, some client a day in the life of or um, their viewpoints on on what the biggest challenges were for, for them and, and how they were tackling them. So it was looking at a topic from this 360 perspective um, and, and bringing various different opinions and, and thinking and best practice together in one place. And so that really evolved um, through through the, the different places that I, I've worked. I've always worked on, on programmes of that nature, which have been termed thought leadership, but it's it's a, about a lot more than just the content. So let's just focus in on this subject of thought leadership. And, and I was a little bit flippant at the start of the, of the interview there, Rachel, and I, I guess that thought leadership is one of those things that comes up quite often. It's associated with strategy quite often, but I also think that, unfortunately, it has a bit of a stigma attached to it, and that's possibly because either people don't really understand what it is, or indeed the people who are promoting it don't really explain what it is and I think that some of those cliches can create a bit of a negative perception now I remember was I was working for a big corporate this is over a decade ago now and it was one of those times of the year when we were doing a strategic review and the strategic review involved a fairly fairly major global consultancy firm coming in and that big corporate threw several hundred thousand pounds at this global consultancy firm. And we did all the usual things you would expect. We went to a, an off-site country house. We st stuck post-it notes on walls. We took the post-it notes down and stuck them on other walls. And at the end of the week, we had this new proposition that was going to be the focus for the company going forward. And that focus was, we will become the thought leaders in this sector of the market. And I have to say, you know, I'm thinking, did we just pay several hundred thousand pounds for that? And then again, you see the term banded about, or we are thought leaders in this, we are thought leaders in that. And, and sometimes people just roll their eyes. So shall we start with a clean sheet of paper, wipe the slate clean and try to wash away some of these perceptions? 
Rachel, tell me what thought leadership actually is without any of those preconceptions. Uh, thought leadership, I think, it's probably best defined by what it isn't. Yes. Um, so it's not just standing up and saying, I'm a thought leader in this space or, uh, you know, automatically dubbing yourself a thought leader, uh, whether as an individual or, or a business. And uh, it's not content creation. Uh, it's not content marketing. And it's it's not a strategy within itself. Mm-hmm. It's it's a part of that, that wider strategy. Yeah. And it's it's a way of working and presenting yourself and adding value to your key audiences, whoever they may be, clients, potential clients, different influencers and, and media, um, and across various different marketing channels. It's having informed opinions on topics that are meaningful to those audiences um, and that you actually know something about. And it's bringing together insight and opinion and knowledge from others who are experts in in that field. And equally, you could roll your eyes at calling people experts, but people who have proven subject matter knowledge and experience, bringing together their insights and opinions and sharing that uh, in appropriate ways that are, are going to, to help people in some way or have a start a meaningful conversation. Yeah, I think people do roll their eyes at experts as well, and they definitely <laughs> definitely roll their eyes at gurus as well. And oh. I, I've actually been called a, a marketing guru in the past, which I absolutely refute. But uh, I mean, in, interestingly enough, so, so it, does it mean that you're an expert or does it mean that you are an expert who's coming up with new ideas in a specific field or is it an expert who is challenging people to think differently, to to come up with new ideas. There's obviously something proactive about it. Yes. Yeah, I think it's all of the above, actually. Mm -hmm. I think it's someone who's going to prompt debate or um, focusing on a topic that's going to prompt debate while looking at it from a different perspective. So having different views, angles, uh, opinions on often well-worn topics, Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's driving those conversations and challenging challenging those well-worn perspectives, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, having something different to say and having a reason why, not just arguing for the sake of it. Yes. Um, and not just pumping out stream of consciousness or, or your thinking uh, for the sake of it, but actually you know, having, having an informed opinion from a different perspective. And in that sense that person is uh, is an expert if they're sharing their expertise and, and knowledge and experiences in a particular area but also someone who's going to engage with other thought leaders other people who um, have informed opinions and have knowledge to share on mm-hmm. particular topics someone who's who's ready to have that conversation with them to learn um, and and to share that knowledge and, and experience so it's it's part community as well and very much about communication rather than just spitting out content or jargon or uh, thinking to, to people. It's about much more than that. And I guess there's definitely a difference between a thought leader and a spokesperson, say, for a company. So if I'm appearing in lots of publications being quoted, if I'm appearing on podcasts, if I'm appearing on TV, 
I don't necessarily qualify as a thought leader. I could just be a spokesperson. Is that is there a subtle difference there as well? Yeah, yeah I think there is. Often they are one and the same, mm-hmm. um, but it entirely depends how your organisation is set up. Mm-hmm. Say you're in a professional services firm, the the partners and the the fee earners and the the industry uh, specialists who are the subject matter experts, they would be the thought leaders. Yeah. Um, and then there would be teams of people or particular individuals who are tasked with getting those messages across or getting them on the right platform to be able to, to share those, those messages. They might not be the most comfortable person to appear on a podcast or mm-hmm conduct an interview or uh, or be that sort of um, front-facing spokesperson, but they may have really fantastic industry knowledge and uh, specific insights and models and strategies that, that they can share. So then it's down to other teams or uh, other companies or third parties who, who can come in and help bring that messaging to life um, and get it to the, to the right audiences and, and to the right market. I'm just thinking back to that big corporate I mentioned just before, and I'm pretty sure that after that major global consultancy had come up with the with the statement that we should aim to become thought leaders in this specific sector, I'm pretty sure they disappeared without actually telling us how to do it, or at least or at least giving us a plan to get there. So so maybe let, let's take that as an example. So you've got a company comes to you, Rachel, um, to iResearch and. They, they've got this idea that they want to start moving into that space. They want to become thought leaders. What's the process that you take them through to actually start to implement it as an actual plan to get them there? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's quite an involved process and uh, it's very tailored to the type of company, uh, what sector or field of specialism that they're, they're in firstly you would get to know them and the and their business uh, what they stand for who their client base is what are their the key areas where they they add value to to their clients and and what are their their core services where their experience and expertise lies and then really honing that and matching it up with what's going on in, in the industry of their target client. Mm. So are people just talking about all the same things in that industry? Where's where's the white space? Where's the the fresh thinking that that they could bring so that they stand out, so that they can start to become thought leaders? And then we would go through that process. So we'd research the marketplace and see what the key challenges and opportunities within that, that industry are. Um, what are people saying who are considered thought leaders? in that space is it from within their competitors is it other similar companies or is it someone completely different um and then we'd match all of that up and and come up with a strategic plan to get some thinking together and uh get that out to market and to the right audiences through various different channels so it would kind of feed into a a marketing strategy pr business development strategy Um, but ultimately we would we would really get to grips with what are the key themes and topics uh, and areas that they should be focusing on in terms of their conversations and and, and sharing their thinking and, and, and expertise. And does it always involve challenging 
the status quo? Does it always involve coming up with new ways to do existing things? Does it always involve just trying to be different? Or, or again, am I am I missing the point there? Yes, that, that's a, a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be that actually they've got something really insightful that backs up what the status quo is, that mm-hmm. actually backs up what's being discussed. If, it, if it's a really hot topic and very much in the in the media and it's kind of tapping into to what's what's happening now, they may have something very complimentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than just being different for the sake of it, shall we say. But it's looking at ways that you can cut through all the noise that's out there, Mm. what everybody's saying, uh, if there are so many different reports on on the same topic and none of them are saying anything different than finding something different to say or finding something to say from a different perspective or a different angle on um, on the same topic, because there's just no point in in doing any of that for the sake of it. Um, it's just going to get lost in the in the ether. And of course, there's so much content out there these days, Rachel. Yeah. Um, I think somebody, I can't remember who it was now, says it's almost like content overload or, or content shock and awe. And, and getting to be able to stand out, it becomes more and more difficult. So let's assume that we've gone through this process with you. We've got the, the topics, we've got the themes, we've got the ideas. What's the best way to get those ideas out there? Is it in print? Is it on podcasts like this? Should we be appearing on stages at conferences, assuming that we ever get back to conferences that have stages? I assume that we will once the pandemic finally disappears. Or is it publishing papers? Or again, is it a a combination of all of those things? Yeah, it's absolutely a combination of uh, as many as possible um, that that are are suited to your audience that are going to get you in front of the the right people. So it's whatever you have at your disposal. Um, You may already be on the virtual speaker circuit and there's been some great virtual conferences and and webinars right the way through through the pandemic. And uh, I think people have adapted very well to, to that kind of virtual uh, conference setup. Mm. Um, so there's opportunities there with existing events and uh, existing activities, or uh, and, and being on a panel or doing specific webinars or, or podcasts. Um, there's also creating your own, so that might be uh, a podcast or regular webinars with with a guest slot. Mm-hmm. It might be your own panel events. Um, it might be some some nice sound bites from various key people in in the industry that you're you're talking about where you can bring together their perspectives and their insights short snappy mini interviews or or quotes from existing clients or or other contacts in the marketplace that all needs to be supported with with content and the best way for creating meaningful thought leadership programs is to to do your own research yes at, at the outset in whatever format that might take. And again, it depends on resource and, and timing and, and, and what your setup is. Uh, but even just testing the pulse of the existing client base or looking at key industry contacts and, and asking them certain key questions that are, that are going to give you a really good in-depth perspective on that, on that topic or industry. Um, and then bringing that to life through all the different channels and 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 across the marketing mix, so um, creating different types of content around that, uh, visual, written, 
I still think print materials are are welcome. Yeah. Obviously, it's uh, with with regulation and, and data protection. It's a tricky one whether you actually have people's home addresses or um, um, you're just sending stuff to a, to a mailbox in an office that's not going to reach them anytime soon. So it has to be well thought out. You've, you've got to match it to who you want to get in front of and the, when and how. And that's forms a basis of the of the marketing strategy as well fantastic so Rachel it'd be really good just for the last few moments of the podcast to maybe highlight some individuals who are doing good as thought leaders are you in a position to 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 share your experience about anybody that you particularly think is nailing this I think um, a lot of the financial services companies uh, are doing very good work mm-hmm. at the moment um, and have been over the past year and I think in the past there was a tendency to just do surveys for the sake of doing surveys mm-hmm. and then sort of bashing out a a big wordy report um, and then sending that out and then not really doing anything with it mm-hmm. and I've seen uh, some of the big financial services brands um, HSBC are doing very good work in terms of their um, sustainability Thought leadership. Yeah. They're making a whole range of resources available online alongside surveys and, and reports and, and analysis. Um, and they're keeping that as an ongoing conversation and reflecting it through through their other marketing activity. So I think they're doing that very well. UBS has been doing some interesting online visuals uh, and online reports. I think they published one of their big thought leadership programs purely online for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year uh, and uh, presenting the data and the, and the findings and, and the thinking in, in quite a different way. Um, and they had quite an in-depth marketing campaign before that to warm people up, to let them know that it was coming. Yeah. Um, and then breaking up the various different insights from the report in different ways across different channels. So I, I think they, they've been doing a very good job. There's some really interesting stuff there, Rachel, and uh, it's been refreshing to talk to you today because I I think, again, I'm probably one of these people who has been tainted by some of the cliches around thought leadership that that I've come across in in the past. And it's been really interesting and refreshing to, to talk to somebody who's as passionate about it as you are, who's been able to actually put it across in the in the way that it ought to be put across so that it doesn't have that stigma now you've probably already covered some of this but i always ask this question on the marketing and finance podcast what's the one big thing that you would like the listeners of the show to take away from all the experience you've had over the last decade being a content creator and more recently working with iResearch wow um Narrowing it down to one big thing is so difficult. <laughs> um, I would say authenticity. Tr- don't try and be something that you're not. Mm. Don't try and pretend that you're more knowledgeable about a subject than you really are. Or, as I mentioned earlier, start an argument or a debate for the for the sake of it because you think that's being a thought leader because it's not. Mm. I think it's having an informed opinion and and having genuine insight. Into, into that area, that topic, that that industry, and and getting that across in a in a genuine way. I think we can all talk about thought leadership theoretically, 
but think about how you you bring it to life um, and, and how it reflects you and your your brand and uh, the work that your your company does. And ultimately, keep that uh, that end client in in mind. What's going to help them? What's going to to be useful, meaningful to them? Uh, what's going to resonate? Um, and see if you can solve some problems. I think that's really important. Informed opinion. That's absolutely key. And I think today as well, because we live in this massively digital social media world, there are lots of people out there who do have opinions. And quite often those opinions are very strong and and they use things like social media and digital marketing to put those opinions across. But quite often they are just opinions and they haven't been proven with data or proven with research. And I think that is the key, isn't it? As you said, it's informed opinion as opposed to just opinion. Yeah. And it's no one thing in isolation. It's not, not just doing the research. It's not just creating the content and communicating the the messages and and the thinking. It's, it's the whole process. Um, And it's, it's based on real insight and, and research and and data um, and something meaningful rather than just just forming opinions with no basis. That's been fascinating to to talk to you about that today, Rachel. Now, I'm hoping that people listening to the show might want to get in touch with you and maybe talk about thought leadership a little bit more. Maybe there's something that you can do to help them. So what's the best way that people should get in touch with you? Uh, there's various different ways. You can uh, find uh, iResearch online, iResearchServices.com. You can email me. It's uh, just rachel.kinsella at iResearchServices.com. Um, and we're on social media as well. Um, probably the easiest way would be LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I think. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. We all are as, a, as an organisation. Um, and we're always talking to to various contacts about uh, about industry perspectives and, and, and sharing uh, where we think people are are presenting themselves as as genuine thought leaders, so be happy to connect with you and through any of those channels. Great stuff, and I'll put those links to your socials and your email and your website, etc., in the show notes for the podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F. Rachel, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you this afternoon. Really interesting conversation. I now have a better appreciation for thought leadership than I probably ever did. So thanks for that. And let me wish you every success for the future. And once this pandemic gets out of the way, no doubt we'll bump into each other at some industry event in the future and we can maybe catch up over a coffee. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. If you need help with your marketing, please get in touch at rogeredwards.co.uk. I'd love to work with you. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business. Your business.